You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Final hour of power here on Overtime, here on 106.7 The Fan, Linnell Willingham. Here with you on this Tuesday night in the district. Opening night of the NBA season. Warriors and Lakers get ready to tip off at about 10 to 30 p.m. Eastern time. Celtics and 76 is doing battle already. That one deadlocked at 63 in the late third quarter. Right now, though, we're going to keep things on the gridiron, talking all things NFL. Joining us to do so on the MGM, excuse me, on the BetQL guest hotline, BetSmarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today is former NFL GM Randy Mueller. Randy, what's going on, my man? I'm doing great, Linnell. How are you? I'm doing good, my man. It's been a while since we've caught up. I think this was the last time we spoke. I believe the season hadn't even started yet. Uh, Obviously, a lot has happened for all 32 clubs. We'll start here in Washington. I want to get your opinion first on the the football stuff, and then I'll ask you about the -the off-the-field stuff. Uh, Obviously, earlier today, head coach Ron Rivera announced that Taylor Heineke was going to get the start Sunday against Green Bay while Carson Wentz is dealing with the fractured ring finger. Uh, From your vantage point, was that the right decision? Well, I think the decision comes in who they kept as the replacement quarterback, so I think it's a no-brainer right now. He's got to go with Taylor Heineke. I don't buy the the fact that we need to find out what Sam Howell has. I don't think that's ready for prime time at all yet, so... I don't that does that would not enter my mind, and I don't think it entered theirs. I mean, you're talking about a mid round choice that may or may not at some point develop, but not ready to throw him to the wolves yet. So Ty, Taylor Heineke is the guy they've chosen for the gig, and at some point you figured he was going to play. Now he gets his chance, so they'll see how it goes for it sounds like the next four or five weeks for sure. Let's talk about the man who's on the shelf right now, and Carson Wentz. Obviously, they get off to the rockets start, scoring 28 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one. Obviously, it's been tough sledding for them offensively uh, the last five weeks. From your vantage point, what do you attribute uh, most of their offensive struggles to right now? Well, I know the lion's share of the blame probably goes on Carson, but I've struggled with the offense the last couple years. I just think systematically they haven't really shown where they can put fear in anybody. I don't see anybody uh, defending them different. And, again, taking advantage of some of the pieces they have. So, I think it's a system that, that wins on offense. Obviously, the quarterback means a lot, and, and they've lacked there, but that's because they've chosen the guys they have. So I think they have what they have. What does Bill Parcell say? We are what we are at yeah. some point, and, and their record shows that. So I don't think that should surprise anybody. Um, I think the team-building part of it, it's really Ron's first time through it as the lead decision-maker, even though he's been in the league a long time. So it's been his decisions and, and those of the staff that have – taking them to this state and and now they just got to live with what they have and hope it's good enough because they built this team the way they want it from from your you know time in the league 
How, how do you feel about this quote? Like you just mentioned it, this quote unquote coach centric approach. Are you a fan of it, or are you of the belief that the the GMs and the scouts should be the ones making the big time decisions? I think it's less about who decides things than more about none of us are smarter than all of us. And right. I know Ron. I spent time with him in, in with the Chargers, so I don't think it's ruling with an iron fist. That's not his personality. Um, I do think that experience is hard to come by, and he's. He's added some of the people he's familiar with. That sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't. So I think the approach from a coach's standpoint is that I'm going to coach the team first and foremost, and I hope that's where his focus is because that's really what he's going to get judged on and and that he lets the other guys kind of come to him with ideas and build a team. I've worked under coaches, Linnell. I've worked level with coaches, and I've worked as the coach's boss. The relationship hasn't changed, nor the process, if you can work together. So that's the bottom line. Obviously, you said you you know Ron Rivera back from your time uh, in San Diego with the Chargers. What what do you make of his reluctancy to make personnel changes thus far uh, through the first six weeks through the season, even though this team has struggled? Have uh, they been reluctant to make any type of personnel moves? Do you think that's just a product of his loyalty and his personality, or do you think he just feels he has no one else to go to? Well, I think it's probably a little of both. I don't think coaches want to make changes per se, and that's a general statement because it does take a lot of teaching, a lot of catching up when you do make changes. Um, I just think it's part of the of the the structure that they have going there right now. But the other thing is, and this is to his credit, I don't think you really know your team yet. After six weeks, used to be that the trading deadline was now. I'm glad they extended it to eight weeks because you really got to get to know your team a little better. So we'll see these next couple of weeks. I think it's easier to make uh, decisions on players and schemes and systems after eight weeks. So uh, we'll see if they can add to the mix and maybe make a deal or two. I think that's up to his front office to kind of support him with that and bring deals to him to say yay or nay to. That's the way I did it. Mike Holmgren was technically my boss when I was in Seattle, and he always said, hey, bring me any idea you have. Let's talk it through. So right. I'm assuming that's what they're doing with, with Washington as well. Uh, Randy, what, what did you, I think we texted about this. Well, I want to ask you on the record here. What, what did you think of Ron Rivera's comments that he made uh, early last week when talking about the difference in Washington's rebuild and then the difference in Philadelphia and New York's rebuild? Obviously, he mentioned the quarterback position and the lack of continuity that they've had with Carson Wentz, I pushed back and said this, though, Randy, as you mentioned, it is a coach-centric approach. Ron Rivera, for all intents and purposes, uh, was the ringleader in choosing Carson Wentz as his quarterback, and uh, it's really been up to him that Washington hasn't solved the quarterback position here in his first three seasons. Uh, were you taken aback by the comments? What would you really make of it? Well, I think I, I was not taken back. I think Ron has is speaking from his point of view. And when he said we haven't solved the quarterback thing, he's probably being honest a little bit because they haven't. That's a fact. And, and uh, you know, I think he forgot that he might have to deal with yeah. Carson Wentz <laughs> after that particular press conference. Yeah. That's the emotional part of being a coach. And as a lead decision maker, you really can't be emotional and, and say, hey, we haven't solved the quarterback issue yet. That's just part of communicating as, as the boss. So um, that was a little bit of a struggle. I think – Anytime you're not winning, people are going to try to poke holes in you and your system and why you're doing it. I actually think Ron would benefit uh, if he could just hone in on coaching and do none of the other stuff. I yeah. think he's a really, I think he's a really good coach, and I think he's 
he almost because he's had to wear so many hats from from when he got there, whether it's the changing of cultures or whatever, it's kind of taking him away from the coaching part. So I'd love to see him just go back and and fix some of the things that are on the field going on. And and maybe he's involved in that. But I also think there's a bit of a CEO approach, at least from the outside looking in. Yeah, I always coin the phrase, and, and I don't mean to be you know critical when I say this. I always say I think Ron, the GM, is eventually going to end up getting Ron Rivera, the head coach, in trouble. When you look at the decision-making over the past three seasons for Ron Rivera, though, obviously he comes in year one. Chase Young was the slam dunk pick as the number two overall pick. Joe Burrow uh, obviously was the consensus number one. Not a lot of people had a quarterback going two to Washington. He uses Dwayne Haskins and, and tries to ride it out with him, but then f- lets go of Kevin O'Connell, who was Haskins' initial offensive coordinator in exchange for Scott Turner, somebody who it sounds like you're not too high on. Um, so they blunder. They, they make that mistake the first year. Then the next year, Ryan Fitzpatrick was this team's plan B going in, and obviously they tried to go out and get Matt Stafford. They got vetoed on that. It just feels like to me, Randy, that they haven't done enough and haven't tried hard enough to address the most important position in the sport. And now going into year three, and it looks like they're in the midst of another losing season here on the out from an outsider's perspective, looking in how much time does Ron Rivera have left to get this thing turned around? Because at the end of the day, Randy, you know, it. it's a results driven business. No doubt about it. I think they would probably, if if you gave Ron some truth serum, say we've swung and missed a couple of times on the quarterback evaluations. That's just part of it. You hope you, that doesn't happen, but I don't think many can dispute that. So, that's the position they have to get right. And, and I said this a year ago, when, when actually two years ago, when Taylor Heineke was kind of exalted to the throne and then they paid him some money to come back the following year. I just don't know the criteria that they were looking for. A lot of things they were seeing, others weren't seeing in, in you know several of the candidates that they've rolled out there. So I think the criteria matters. I think some teams seem to evaluate quarterbacks better than others. Hey, you're seeing that in Carolina as well. They're right, struggling right. right now to find a quarterback. They've swung and missed three or four times. So some teams just, you know, they're just better at it than others. That's just a fact. That sounds over oversimplifying it, right. but it's really the case. People see different things in players all the time, and the ones that get it right, you know, continue to get it right. And that's the, that's the one you hope you're on. From your vantage point, being a former executive in this league, what, what if, if you had your choice of it, would you rather draft a guy or would you rather go out in free agency or, or via trade and acquire a guy? Well, I think we'd all like to have the younger, younger the better. I right. think that's the, the, the more secure, longer-term solution in my mind. But you've also got to find a way to identify that guy. And, and I don't think it even has to be a first-round pick all the time either. Hmm. I mean, you see the Patriots now. Uh, doing pretty good with a fourth round pick in Bailey Zappi, so he seemed to have some of the skills and skill and and the criteria that some teams are looking for. But that's an example of just maybe not being able to identify some of these things that that we need to to make and develop a guy in our system. So I'd rather have a younger guy to answer your question, right. but that's not always it's easier said than done. Usually, you got to lose a lot of games right. to, to get that young guy. That's the answer, you know. Exactly. Perfect segue too, Randy. Man, I wanted to ask you about the quarterback situation in New England. Obviously, uh, Mac Jones, former first round pick, is on the shelf right now with an ankle injury, and as you just mentioned, uh, fifth round pick Bailey Zappi has come in and lit the world on fire. Um, they have a tricky situation coming up here because Mac Jones is going to be healed sooner rather than later, from from your standpoint, Randy, are you riding with the hot hand in Bailey Zappi, or are you going back to Mac Jones here? 
Well, I think it, it's tough after two weeks, but I don't think it gets tough after three or four. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they struggled offensively. Yeah. It's not like Mac Jones had proven he was an uh, exalted leader in this in this league. It just hadn't happened yet. They they picked him 15. I understand that, but I would have a hard time sitting Bailey Zappi down if he's developing at, at internally like we think he is on the outside. Now, obviously, they have a little more information on the inside uh, than we do, but I think it's one where if he's hot, you ride him out. Remember all the things that were being said in preseason about this offense and the play callers and the inexperience that they had when, you know, Josh McDaniel walked out the door, there was a brain drain. Well, it hasn't been an issue for Bailey Zappi, and it was an issue for Mac Jones. So I think it's an easy one, to be honest with you. Let's move on to to some other big storylines across the National Football League. Man, Randy, after watching last Thursday night, Washington obviously on the road, uh, in Chicago. Is it just me, Randy, or is Justin Fields just not a good quarterback at this point in time? Well, I'll say this. I think he has the skill sets. You see the flashes of it. Right. This kid can run. You can you can see some of the big arm throws he can make. I just see another system, and, and this is you know, kind of what happened to him under Matt Nagy. At some point, you've got to do what his strengths are. You've right. got to give this kid a chance. And for one thing, the, the offensive line is really struggling to keep the kid upright. He clearly had that deer in the headlights look the other night, like you mentioned, and it's not his fault. They were hammering him from all areas. He was lucky to get up after each each of those hits. It was like a car wreck every time. So it was hard for him. But I think at some point they got to say, hey, here's here's our guy. Let's set him up for success. Let's not make him stand in the pocket and throw the ball downfield because guess what? It's not working. Plus, we can't protect him from that spot anyway. Exactly. So I don't think it takes a lot of sense to move him around and let him do the, some things that where the targets are predetermined. And, and he struggles to maybe process at this point to determine the right targets to throw to. That's normal. I just think that's a pro, that's a that's part of growing it as a quarterback. And we got to make it easier for him until he gets that down. And that's an optimistic approach, but I like the kid, and I see enough that I wouldn't give up on him for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Obviously, the physical tools are there. Like you said, it, it's more of a processing thing, and then you know, they, they did a nice job on the Amazon Prime broadcast pointing it out on several occasions. He's got to understand how to throw guys open uh, you know, in, at, at this level, and I think, Randy, you'll probably agree with this. That normally is the separator uh, between a lot of the quarterbacks in this league, the ability to throw guys open and, and, and throw with anticipation and being able to fit balls into tight windows. It comes with confidence. It comes with, like you said, anticipation. It comes with playing and having success, and he hasn't had that. So there's no way he's going to be to that level. Remember what we said about Josh Allen two years ago? <laughs> All right. he, couldn't throw, he couldn't throw with anticipation either. He was having to hold the ball too long. It'll come, but you've got to give him a reason to. And I think the offense has to tailor itself to doing some of the things where you take a lot of the, like I said, decision-making out of it early in this guy's career so he can get comfortable where he's at. And then you can expand. And, and the more you ask of him, I think he'll be better doing it. We're trying to go quick here. Randy, What, in your opinion, what, what's the problem right now with the Tampa Bay Bucks or the Green Bay Packers? Well, I think Green Bay is, is, is suffering from the Devontae Adams departure. I think t- that receiving gr- group as a whole, we – we have seen flashes, but they still drop too many balls. I don't see the continuity between them and Aaron Rodgers still, and I don't know that that's going to change. That takes a long time. Tampa, on the other hand, I think defensively they've kind of been a little bit of a letdown. They've been pushed around a little bit where they yeah. never got pushed around the last couple of years up front. So um, I see Via Vea not doing what he has done. Teams have found a way to get 
after Tampa's defense and actually run the ball effectively. So we'll see. I think both those teams have the ability, obviously, to be good, but they're stuck in a little mediocre mode right now, and, and they got to shore up some things to, to move to the next level. A few more here before we let you go, Randy. Whose hot start is more legit, in your opinion, the New York Giants or the New York Jets? Oh, I think the Giants actually are. I think the Giants are playing good football. I watched some tape on them the other day, and, and they're handling things up front uh, very well. They pushed the Ravens around a little bit and had some some really cool defensive things that Wink, Mar- Wink Martindale did. I think the Jets are an improving team. I'm just not drinking the Kool-Aid yet yeah. as much. Um, and I don't think the Giants necessarily are a deep playoff run, but they find a style that Brian Dayball likes. They hang around, and then guess what? They make a couple plays in the fourth quarter. That's the way they have to win games. So um, I do, I, I'm do. i happy for both teams because both teams obviously have been down for quite some time. The league's better with these New York teams uh, in the mix, but I would say right now the Giants are ahead of the learning curve as far as the Jets go. For the first six weeks, man, who would you say right is the, is the best team in football right now? Well, I'm going to vote for the chalk, right? I think Buffalo's <laughs> the best team. <laughs> Just because, and, and here it is, and I like Jalen Hurts. I, I think they're second, but Josh Allen can beat you so many ways. He can yeah. beat you from the pocket. He can beat you running the ball. He can run over you running the ball. He can make all the throws on the run. I just don't see much that he can't do. And their defense is, you know, not that Phillies isn't, but I just think their defense now, if Vaughn Miller wants to rush the passer like he did the other night, I don't know who's <laughs> going to block him, so. I think he's unbelievable when he wants to play. Yeah, it definitely is tough, man. And and to see the way that he's aged, Randy, is is incredible. If you're a young player out there in the National Football League, Von Miller uh, is your poster child on how to have longevity and and success uh, in this league. I appreciate you giving me some time, Randy. Always good catching up with you. Anytime. Have a good night. You two always love talking ball with former NFL GM Randy Mueller. Make sure you give him a follow on the Twitter app, at Randy Mueller underscore, that is M-U-E-L-L-E-R underscore, former 2000 NFL Executive of the Year. You can also catch him on the Football GM's pod that The Athletic puts out. Uh, Does great work there as well. Well, we finally got to the witching hour of the program. We're going to talk about the stuff that nobody really wants to talk about, but as responsible radio hosts in D.C., we have to. I'll let you hear what Jim Ursay had to say about a potential vote-out of Commander's owner Dan Snyder next, right here on The Fan. Big thanks to former NFL general manager Randy Mueller for hopping on with us here on Overtime, here on 106.7 The Fan. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. I've called it the witching hour of the show. We're finally going to get into... The main event of the day, I thought I'd let it breathe a little bit. I know the end of Grant and Danny, they were very heavy talking about the Dan Snyder situation and Jim Irsay's comments that he made uh, at today's owners meeting. I'll set the table here like this. We all know the story that came out by, that was written, excuse me, by ESPN last week. The expose of commander's owner, Daniel Snyder, basically Multiple things came out of that, saying that he had dirt on the rest of the owners of the National Football League. The the article inferred that he was a big part of the reason the team traded for Carson Wentz. Uh, the article also, you know, touched on the fact that this team's inability to get a stadium deal done. And I think it's all pretty much deciding factors into whether or not Daniel Snyder is going to remain the owner of the Washington Commanders or whether or not the 
other owners in the National Football League are going to try to force him to sell uh, this team. Today at the NFL owners meeting, a big step was taken uh, towards Daniel Snyder potentially being forced to sell. Here's Colts owner Jim Ursay uh, on the state of the Washington Commanders right now. I don't know. I, I assume, you know, we're going to get in to more and more discussion on that. Um, you know, it's a difficult situation. Um, you know, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. Um, I think it's something that uh, we have to review. We have to look at all the evidence and we have to be thorough in going forward. But, um, you know, I think it's something that has to be given serious consideration to. Wow. <laughs> that was Colts owner Jim Ursay talking about the possibility of potentially voting commander's owner Daniel Snyder out of office, quote-unquote, so to speak. And it's amazing. We said this with Pete Haley earlier. I mean, it feels like today, in combination with the past two weeks, this is the closest that we've ever gotten to Daniel Snyder potentially being ousted as the owner of the Washington Commanders. And as somebody, and I'll speak for myself here, I'm probably speaking for the entire fan base here, but I'll say it on behalf of myself. Speaking for somebody that feels as if Dan Snyder is the singular reason uh, for this team's failures over the past 25 years. I mean, today was like Christmas almost. To hear that to hear that it's not just a smoking gun anymore. To hear that this is real. 24 votes are needed for Daniel Snyder to be forced to sell. We know that there's at least one vote coming from Jim Ursay. An interesting vote and a swing vote potentially in this entire situation it's going to be from Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. He briefly spoke on the situation with WUSA 9's Darren Haynes. I've said I have no knowledge of anything. And I brought up an article. I have no knowledge of anything that uh, uh, has got any basis to it. Period. How do you think the rest of the owners feel about Dan I Snyder? Have a, I don't have a thought there. That is Jerry Jones speaking briefly with WSA 9's Darren Haynes. And, and for it's just a messy situation, man. And this is why I don't like talking about this stuff because I got to really mince my words so I don't get myself in trouble here. Look, anybody who believes that the NFL is trying to conduct a thorough investigation of the Washington Commanders has to be a fool, right? We know how this thing is going. And this is why Daniel Snyder basically feels as if he has dirt on the rest of the owners in the National Football League. Because guess what? I'm pretty damn sure Washington isn't the only NFL franchise that has a toxic workplace culture. I'm pretty sure Washington isn't the only NFL franchise where the owner is having to sign non-disclosure agreements. I'm sure Washington isn't the only NFL franchise that has dealt with sexual harassment. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. The NFL has been reluctant to come down with the iron fist on Daniel Snyder for so many reasons. The biggest reason, though, in my opinion, is the trickle-down effect that it could possibly have. You heard what Dan Snyder said. You heard, or you read what was in the ESPN reports. He has dirt 
on all the other 30 owners in the National Football League. Obviously, the Packers are owned not by one singular person here. It's 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 a it's a group think project, as I like to call them. But look, if Dan Snyder isn't bluffing, and let's just assume he's not bluffing, because I don't think he is bluffing. I don't. I don't. And if and anybody who's really been following this situation has known beforehand, before the ESPN report came out, we were all assuming that Daniel Snyder had dirt on the rest of the owners around the National Football League. After that ESPN report is pretty much confirmed, Daniel Snyder has dirt on the rest of the owners around the National Football League. You got to be very, very diligent, I'll say. You got to be very diligent when you're discussing this topic. You got to be very precise when you're discussing this topic because you don't want to rub anyone the wrong way. You don't want to ruffle any feathers, so to speak. Let's call it what it is. The NFL is owned by a bunch of rich white men, right? And a lot of the times, these rich white men in the National Football League feel as if their money, their money is the end-all, be-all in any situation in their life. Any tragedy, any triumph, money at the end of the day is the big equalizer. Money at the end of the day is the big difference maker. And it's no different in the NFL with Washington, right? Washington still, even though they've been a dumpster fire from a wins and losses standpoint for the last 20 years, Washington is still one of the most top five valuable franchises in the National Football League. So for a sale to happen of that magnitude for a team that is worth so much, I'm sure there's hoops and valleys, peaks and valleys that you're going to have to go through to try to get to the bottom of this situation. As it currently stands here on October the 18th, 2022, like I've said, we are as close to Daniel Snyder being ousted as we've, as we've ever been. And it was so ironic because when a guy like Jim Ursay, who doesn't have the cleanest track record, comes out and is the first owner to speak publicly on Daniel Snyder potentially being ousted, it lets you know just how serious the situation is. They aren't playing with Dan Snyder's ass anymore. They're not. They're not. The NFL is trying to protect its image at the end of the day. So if there's one bad apple in your entire basket, you know what you're going to do? You're going to throw the damn apple away. And that's what's happening right now, right before our eyes. Daniel Snyder is on his way out. Daniel Snyder's days as the owner of the Washington Commanders, you heard it here first, are very, very numbered. And the scariest thing about all of this is we don't know the trickle-down effect that this is going to have across the rest of the National Football League. We don't know whether or not Pandora's box is really going to be opened up in this situation. We don't know what the ramifications are going to be. This is a sport that we all watch and love every Sunday. Through hell or high water, every Sunday, there's good to be at least 10-plus million people in front of their television sets watching the product that the National Football League puts on the field. We know that. When allegations like this come out about about an owner of one of your franchises, that, my friends, is when things get, quote-unquote, sticky. Now, 
since I've been on the airwaves, we've had some new developments in this story. Commander's owner Daniel Snyder responded to Colts owner Jim Ursay in a statement. I'll read that for you next. One final segment here on Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Linnell Willingham here with you for about nine minutes or so before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief show. If you're a truck driver out there, he'll take you on your late night shift here. The JR Sport Brief show 10 to 2 uh, here on 106.7 The Fan and and, and anywhere you get CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Obviously, the Dan Snyder discussion has dominated the, the late afternoon I uh, hear in our nation's capital. I'm going to play, let you guys hear, excuse me, Jim Ursay's comments, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, which really spearheaded the discussion that we're having right now. Here is Colts owner Jim Ursay at the NFL meetings in New York earlier today. I don't know. I, I assume, you know, we're going to get in to more and more discussion on that. Um, you know, it's a difficult situation. Um, you know, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. Um, I think it's something that uh, we have to review. We have to look at all the evidence and we have to be thorough in going forward. But, um, you know, I think it's something that has to be given serious consideration to. Colt owner Jim Ursay talking about a potential oust. Uh, of Commander's owner Daniel Snyder in typical Dan Snyder fashion, I might add. There was a statement from a Commander's spokesperson in response to those comments that we just heard from Colts owner Jim Ursay, and they read like this, and I quote, It is highly inappropriate but not surprising that Mr. Ursay opted to make statements publicly based on falsehoods in the media. It is unfortunate that Mr. Ursay decided to go public with his statement today while an investigation is in process and the team has had no opportunity to formally respond to allegations. The commanders have made remarkable progress over the past two years. We are confident that when he has an opportunity to see the actual evidence in this case, Mr. Ursay will conclude that there is no reason for the Snyders to consider selling the franchise and they won't, end quote. So a spicy, spicy, unchy, I might add, statement from a spokesperson of the Washington Commanders. The big, the big pie-in-the-face moment right now for me, and the pie is in the face of the Washington Commanders, as it has been for the past 20 years. The big pie-in-the-face moment here is the end in the way this has been worded. The Commanders have made remarkable progress over the past two years. Guess what, Commanders spokesperson? None of this is about the past two years when it comes to the commanders and their toxic workplace culture. This isn't about the last two years. This is about the past decade plus where this toxic workplace culture has festered and grown under the watch of Daniel Snyder. Although he's tried to blame everyone else that's been involved with the organization, we all know at the end of the day, Daniel Snyder is the one who is going to have to answer for what's going on and the accusations uh, that have been brought to the forefront here by several women that have formerly worked in the organization. Dan Snyder actually sent a letter out to the other owners today 
And I'll read that for you here as well. I hope that you and your family are doing well. I would like to address a recent ESPN article that contains false and malicious statements about the Washington Commanders, our management team, and me and my family. It is particularly shameful for ESPN to diminish the very real accomplishments of our president, Jason Wright, who ESPN alleges was placed at the Commanders by the league and has no power to make real change. I know you know this to be false. Unfortunately, ESPN ignored our efforts to correct the many falsehoods in their article before its publication. There is one allegation in the ESPN article that I feel it is important to address immediately. The article cited unnamed sources who said, quote, they've been told that Snyder instructed his law firms to hire private investigators to look into other owners, end quote, and Commissioner Goodell. That is patently false and intended to erode the trust and goodwill between owners that I take quite seriously. I have never hired any private investigator to look into any owner or the commissioner. I have never instructed or authorized my lawyer to hire any private investigator on my behalf for any such purpose, and I never would. While we are all fierce competitors on the field, <laughs> we are a part of this organization because we love football, our teams, and our fans. Having the privilege to own a franchise in America's sport is something I know none of us take for granted. Falsehoods and lies being spread about any of our organizations hurts the league, our players, and our fans, and we simply cannot let them go unchallenged. Thank you for taking the time to read this. If you have any questions, Tanya and I are always available to answer them, and we look forward to discussing these issues with you at the appropriate time. Sincerely, Dan Snyder. Holy crap. Look. Live programming here locally is off for the night after I get off here. You would be a fool not to be tuned into both of our stations tomorrow morning. The Kevin Sheehan Show from 6 to 9 a.m. over on the Team 980 and the Sports Junkies 6 to 10 right here on 106.7 The Fan. Because I'll tell you what, if it was, and it's so crazy because every time a, a news story breaks, we get an even bigger one the next day. If I would have told you that Carson went, if I would have told you on Thursday when the Commanders game and the clock hit triple zeros. If I would have told you at that point in time that the biggest story next week wasn't going to be the health of Carson Wentz and the status of the quarterback position, you'd probably look at me like I had three heads. We've reached that point, though, and I'm used to it, and I haven't even been working in the market that long. I'm, I'm, I'm a young gun doing this thing, man. I haven't been doing it that long, but I already understand the fact that, look, drama rules our nation's capital. Whether it's in politics, whether it's in sports, this isn't going away anytime soon. It, it really isn't, and it's and it's so it's so difficult for me as a fan to try to digest it because I know sure as hell well that the reports and allegations that have come from Daniel Snyder go completely against my moral compass, but yet I continue to support the product. I continue to support the National Football League. And wait until their other stuff comes out about the other owners in the National Football League. Guess what? We'll still continue to support those guys as well. That's why I'm really looking at it from the point of, hey, look, I know all these guys probably aren't worth a damn, but guess what? I like to gamble, and I like to watch football, and nobody is going to take that away from me. That's going to do it 
here for this Tuesday night edition of Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. I want to give a big thanks to my guest throughout this evening's program, Randy Mueller, former NFL GM. Nice enough to join us at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington Commanders Insider, joined us at the 8 o'clock hour. And Chase Hughes helping us preview the Wizards season at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. If you missed any of those interviews, use the Odyssey Rewind feature. Until tomorrow night, I'm out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.